Amen, Lord. We ask that you might speak through your word as we pay attention to you now. Not just my words, God, but help me to point us together, to lift our hearts together, to sit under your great, powerful, living and active word now. Speak, O Lord. Speak, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we record here on this Friday, it is a warm one. I don't know about when you're watching today, if it's warm where you are, but I know as we record, uh, it is warm uh, here. Uh, when you visit the doctor, perhaps for an annual checkup or uh, for uh, a physical, you're aware of some of the standard questions that the doctor might ask you, right? You're, you're familiar with these. Things like, uh, let me ask you, how's your diet? What, what are you eating these days? What healthy foods are you taking into your body? What other foods are you avoiding uh, and being away from? How about your exercise? What are you doing to continue to, to help yourself be physically fit and to remain active so that your body is strong and, and nimble uh, as you continue through your life? Uh, you know, uh, they continue to ask regularly about managing stress when Perhaps you're stressed at work. How, how are you managing stress or at school to, to manage the stress? And uh, There are other questions, but, but there are common questions that a doctor asks when you go to, to visit your doctor. Why? Why does a doctor ask you that? Because uh, the medical uh, professions have learned that there are essential components that all of us need to uh, participate in and share in if we're going to have a healthy Life. When uh, certain areas, if, if our diet goes or exercise is eliminated from our life, then we begin to suffer the results of that. And so doctors try to help us uh, by asking these basic questions about these very uh, particular uh, and general areas of life because they are essential for you and I living a healthy life. Now, for Christian living, and that of course is our focus in a church, is what does it mean to follow after Jesus, for Christian living, there are also essentials that promote healthy spiritual living, healthy spiritual growth. And today we're going to focus on these essentials of spiritual growth. The, the essentials that Tiburon Baptist Church desires to focus on moving forward together as a church. Uh, some fundamental things that are so critical for your spiritual growth and our growth together as a church. Today we conclude this uh, multi-week series around this church vision, this new church vision that I and the Leadership Council is promoting and uh, uh, presenting to the church. And uh, We are concluding that series today on by looking at the, the four essentials that uh, will help us as a church grow in Jesus. We call them life essentials. And why do we call them life essentials? It's because if our mission statement is that we're calling one another in Rim County and beyond to live in the fullness of the life of Jesus, then the question that arises, well, how exactly do we live in that fullness? How do we live in the fullness of the life that Jesus offers to us? And this, these life essentials, just like going to the doctor, when, when the doctor asks uh, about these various areas of your life so that you, you're physically healthy, these are the four areas that we want to focus on as a church moving forward that help promote spiritual health 
and growth in your life as we move forward together. That's why we call them life essentials. This new vision is intended to invite every person at this church to experience these four life essentials. And if you're already experiencing them, fantastic. Fantastic for you. Now, I want to encourage you to go and help others to also experience them just the way that you are for their growth. These life essentials uh, are really a composite of key areas out of the scripture that promote growth in the way of Jesus. Let me say that again. These life essentials are a way that we as a church have, have taken a composite picture of what the Bible says helps promote growth in your life as you follow the way of Jesus. That's what these four life essentials are all about. A growing Christian needs to balance in these certain essentials in order to promote a healthy spiritual life. And so we're going to unpack what these four life essentials are in this message today. Are you ready? Let's go. Uh, number one is worship. These aren't in any particular order, uh, per se, because really a person might start in any of these, but our goal as a church is to get every person connected to all four of these in a regular and ongoing and vibrant way. So we're going to start, we have to start somewhere, we're going to start with worship today. And we're going to remember Psalm 103 uh, from a message a few weeks ago. Here it is. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. It is so important, and it cannot be reduced or replaced for a church and an individual in a church, if you're going to grow spiritually in the Lord, that you engage yourself regularly and consistently, gathering with God's people to worship Him. I know we've been experiencing some changes in that since March because of COVID. But the reality is, with the platform that we're able to provide, and we're still able to provide some interconnectivity, and, and there will be a day in the future when we're able to join regularly again in person. But until that day comes, we continue to come to the Lord in worship together. And we come with our whole hearts. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. You see, we, we don't approach God in worship half-heartedly. And we don't come around a computer, as difficult as that might be for you. And I realize for most of us, it's not as good as being together in person. No one is saying that. I'm certainly not. But we still come and we present our life before the Lord together wholeheartedly in worship. Because even if we're not inside a building together, and even if we're, we're not able to see and touch each other in this season, we are still able to worship with your whole heart. Are you worshiping God this moment with your whole heart? That is what God desires of you, that we worship Him together. And the way that we worship as a church is in a broad-spectrum manner, as the word Steve and I have been using for a few years now, where we, we bring together different styles and, and different historic eras of the church, where, where things we incorporate things that are both ancient and very current, all at the same time, trying to bring it together and to tie it together, to appreciate the breadth and history of the church 
And that's what we do musically together. It, it is worship for this church that is intergenerational, where we want older lives mixing with younger lives to, to help foster those relationships, to help one another uh, appreciate the joy and the gift that it is to worship God together, to pray together, to sing songs together, uh, songs that express our heart back to the Lord. And, and this is a church that desires to be multi- Cultural, and we are on any given Sunday, on any given worship moment. We, we have about a half dozen different heart languages spoken. Not just English in this church. English as a second language is true for many in our church. So this is not just a church for white people. It's also a church for black people and a church for Asian peoples and South American peoples and other African peoples. It's a, a multicultural uh, expression of God's great kingdom on this earth. So that's what it is so important about if we are to live, if you are to live in a healthy way. It is so critical that you do not abandon coming together and worshiping God in, in wholehearted truth together. And in this season, we are doing that online and we're staying connected in so many other ways. And uh, we look forward, of course, to the day when we can physically be back together. But that does not have to undermine our worship. It does not have to uh, diminish uh, overly significantly your ability to worship. Worship God. And know that if you're watching this broadcast, whether on Sunday morning or some other part of the week, that you are joining Many, many others, we think well over a hundred people are watching this broadcast every single week. And so you are joining, in a sense, uh, others as you do this together. That's one of our life essentials. Another one is to what we call connect. And I'm going to explain what we mean by, by connect. Pastor John Piper is uh, well known in many circles for this expression, this statement that he makes. He says that missions exist because worship doesn't. Mission exists because worship doesn't. What he means by that is that we are called on mission as a church to go to places where worship is not happening. Worship of the living God, this kind of wholehearted worship we just looked at in Psalm 103. When that is not happening among a people or, or in a particular place, then God will stir our hearts as a church to go on missions. Mission, mission happens because worship does not. Here's what we mean by connect. The idea of connect is, is not just, it's not to connect necessarily within the church with one another. It's to be purposefully connected with people who are not yet part of our church. It's meaningfully making connections with those who don't yet worship the living God. Because we have said that we value joyfully introducing others to Jesus, right? That is one of the values that we are espousing that, that is and will be important for our church is to make introductions of people in our lives to the Jesus whom we love and who loves us and who loves them. And so we value joyfully introducing others. And because we desire that, that these people who today in your life may not yet worship the living God, we value the opportunity we desire that they too experience the full life that Jesus offers. If that is our mission together as a church, 
to call Marin and beyond to live in the fullness of life through Jesus, then we must live that out in the way that we seek to connect people who don't yet worship the living God to the full life that Jesus is offering to them. I want you to consider Andrew. Andrew in the Bible, Andrew was the brother of Peter. You may not recognize Andrew's name as much as Peter, but he was Peter's brother, and he was one of the early 12 closest disciples of Jesus. And uh, in the Gospel of John, it describes how Jesus comes and, and he calls Andrew. And then the Bible says in John chapter 1 that the first thing that Andrew did was to go and find his brother, and he brought him to Jesus. You see what, what Andrew was driven by? Because you see this prop up. You see when uh, Andrew, we'll see in other places in the scripture, he's bringing people to Jesus. The passion of his life was to connect people who were not yet worshiping God, to connect them to the full life that Jesus came to give them. And that's what Andrew did for Peter. Aren't you happy? <laughs> Aren't you glad that Peter was introduced to Jesus? And that is the opportunity that God gives to you and to me to be, to be centering ourselves and to make sure that we're not neglecting that opportunity and the joyful uh, uh, moments that God presents in front of us to connect other people who aren't yet worshiping God, to help them to worship God so that they too, with you and me, might say with the psalmist, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Part of the way that we intend to do this in connecting with others is to lovingly serve the needs that might emerge around us with others. We're also looking into uh, incorporating again the church in the years past have done Alpha outreach courses and a way of connecting with people out in the communities uh, that don't yet would not call themselves a Christian. And so they, they Alpha now has a completely online version of the Alpha course. And so that's one way that we're uh, looking into creating conversations. And that's what Alpha allows to do. It allows people to have conversations around some of the basic tenets of Christian faith. And then to connect with other with people outside the church is, is to encourage and to inspire and to equip people, you and me, to have personal conversations with people. Uh, there are some keys to persuasion. There's an attorney named Neil Katyal uh, who's argued 41 cases before the Supreme Court. And he describes in a TED Talk some of the, the key factors involved in persuasion. And two of them are great, I think, for our, our concept of connecting with people who don't yet worship the living God. One of them, he says, is when you're trying to persuade somebody, he says, forget confidence. He says, focus first on making a connection, a personal connection with the other person. And I find that so brilliant because so often Christians can, can lack confidence because they may not have the answer to particular questions or they can't remember uh, quite how to respond to a particular issue and that sort of thing. And so often when, when God will present an opportunity to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't yet worship God, we can shrink away from that opportunity because we're not confident. And so what this attorney, attorney Neil Katyal, says is, is to forget confidence, but to make a personal connection with the person. And you see, if you love people and pray that God would give you a love for the people who don't yet worship God, 
And he will he can provide you with the courage to step into that out of genuine love for that person. And you seek to make a personal connection, not to prove a point. And you seek to make a personal connection, not to win an argument. Because you're trying to introduce the person to Jesus so that they too might come to a place of worshiping the living God. A second aspect, a key to uh, persuasion he describes is this. Very simply, don't give up. So often Christians, and I too, you, you have an opportunity and you share a little bit about your life in Jesus and maybe you get shot down or, uh, or uh, the person doesn't respond uh, gushingly about what you have to say. And so often we're like, well, I tried and that's that. We give up. And so one of the, the great keys of persuasion, one of the great keys of engaging people, trying to connect them with Jesus, is, is not to give up, not to hound people. That's not the point. But it, it's not to be so quick for us to give up, to give up praying for them, to give up finding and looking for opportunities to continue to, to talk with them and to show them the gospel and how it's working in your life, in your marriage, in the way you're parenting, in your friendships, in the way you're serving out of the love of Jesus. I hope you get what I'm saying. Uh, one of our life essentials that cannot be neglected is the regularity of worship. And I'm so glad that we get to worship with you this day through this video. Another life essential is to, to be engaged in, in seeking out meaningful connections with people who don't yet worship the living God. I hope this is making sense to you. Because I'm getting, the more I work with this vision, the more uh, enthused I get, the more uh, juice I get about uh, engaging together with you in the purposes of God. There's a third life essential that we're talking about, worship and connecting with those who don't yet worship. But then it's also we also need to be growing together. This is about personal growth. In 2 Peter, a passage we focused on a few weeks ago, uh, the, uh, the writer there says to make every effort to add to your faith. And then he gives a list of things that, that we are to add to our faith. The Bible has several lists like this. And it, it's a way of, of showing the various elements of life. It's not an exhaustive list by any means. And so I want to give you an assignment this week. Would you like some homework to do this week? Here it is. I want to encourage you to, to take your Bible, to open it to 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. And I want you to read out the list of things that Peter gives in, in how he describes for us how we are to make an effort in our spiritual growth. What, what he means by that is not that we are the ones causing the growth, but we are the ones that, that need to put ourselves in a posture and a position so that God can do what he needs to do in you. Does that make sense to you today? You see, more than half of the list that Peter offers... Things like adding goodness to your faith and self-control to your faith and mutual affection to your faith and love. Over half of the list that Peter offers here requires your connection with other people. God never intended your spiritual life. He never intended for you to grow all by yourself. And so that is what God desires for you is to grow and to make every effort to grow in your faith. He highlights the importance of other people. You cannot make every effort 
to grow in these areas if you're not connected with others. And so, for us, what we mean by grow is that you are connected in a a significant way to a, a smaller group setting. You can't get everything you need in a larger corporate worship setting like we have. And so it is it is imperative that we have smaller opportunities for, to allow you to hear and to, to dig into the scripture, to learn how other people around you are, are making applications of that scripture in their life, in their workplace, in their home. And, and so your life needs to be purposely woven into the lives of others. And through our small group ministry, we're going to be emphasizing more and more over time uh, how you can, in your own home at life, uh, your own life at home, in your solitude, to be incorporating practices of your life uh, to help you be before the Lord so He can do His growth in your spirit so that your inner life is transformed. And when Jesus touches your inner life, I'll tell you, your whole life then, gets transformed. Your relationships are different. The way you handle money is different. The way you approach your workplace is different because your inner world is now ordered in the way that God intends for you. Purposefully woven. That's what our small group ministries are going to be moving toward, is to help every person in the church to be purposefully woven together so that uh, you, uh, that purpose is so that we can encourage each other in Christ-like living. So, some of our life essentials are about worshiping God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. We gather regularly uh, to worship the living God together. We also want to be intentionally and purposefully connected with those who are not yet worshiping God. And then God has called us to grow, for you to grow in your individual life with Him. And He wants to change you from the inside out. And part of that is by connecting you and to purposefully weave in your life together with other lives in the church so that He can do His work in you. Because you cannot make every effort to grow in your faith, to add these things to your faith, if you are isolated from other people. That just cannot work. The fourth life essential that we feel allows us to make a composite picture of the biblical imperatives to grow in our life is to serve. It's to serve. And and when I think about service, my mind immediately goes um, to to the parable that Jesus told. We know it as the Good Samaritan. And and the story goes like this. He he says that a man was traveling from Jericho to Jerusalem, and uh, he found his way in a really rough part of the journey. And people fell on him. They they intentionally came on him. They they mugged him. They beat him. They left him from dead at the side of the road. And and you remember the story. Two different religious leaders, pastor types like me, went and walked right by him on purpose. They saw him. They chose not to help him. And they continued on their way. Third person, a Samaritan, who uh, he would have been really the the outsider to the the people hearing the story. He would have been kind of one that would have been mistrusted and and not really liked very well. And, And suddenly he becomes the hero of the story. You know why? It's because he sees the man and he stops. And he goes and helps the man. And he puts him on his transport. And he gets him to the local hotel. And uh, he begins personally to, to get out the medical supplies and begin to help bandage up his wounds. 
He has to go on his business, but he leaves them there. He pays the hotel manager to keep him in the hotel. And then he gives them extra. It says, I'll be back, uh, but here's, here's some extra money for the additional days that he might need here. And Jesus looks at the man, asking him a question. He says, who do you think was a neighbor? Uh, which of the three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked? And the man answers, well, I guess the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus responds, go and do the same. You see, brothers and sisters, when we serve God, when we take very seriously this call to be servants, we are serving God by serving the needs of other people. Sometimes that's very tangible uh, ministries of, of health care or providing the necessities of life like food or other uh, housing type things. But it also can be serving God in the church to, to allow us to continue to reach and call Marin and beyond to live in the fullness of God. But it is finding ways where you are best fit in this season of your life where you are best fit in this season of your life, where God has equipped you with spiritual gifts that he wants you to uh, put to use, good use, through the church so that we might connect with unbelievers, we might participate in fostering spiritual growth among believers so that together we might worship the living God in glory and wonder. Here are the four life essentials again. Worship, connecting, growing, and serving the people around us. These are the environments that every person at TBC needs to be connected to in deep and regular ways in order for healthy spiritual growth to happen in your life. When you find yourself not active in one of these areas, we want to help you find your place. And that's part of what a vision will allow us to do. It allows us to focus on these areas so that uh, we can uh, put our energy into it as a church. We can calendar around these areas. We can support them. We will put our, our money toward them. We will supply them. We will develop the leadership necessary for their support and management. That, that is the intent and the goal of, of this particular vision, is that it will give the church new feet and new hands and new eyes so that we might see together how we are cooperating, and, and you will see how your effort in the church and your service in the church, how it fits more fully into the bigger thing that God is doing among us collectively. That is the goal for us. That is the goal for me. And once you find yourself established in these, then your goal will be to help others also become established in these four essentials for spiritual growth and health. I believe so deeply I think the church is in store for a wonderful future as we engage in this vision together and move forward hand in hand, walking with the Lord Jesus. Father, we pray this day that you would help us in this reality, that this vision would, would never become just uh, cute words on a page that we've heard before and we put it in a pretty frame and hang it on a wall and there it sits for 364 days and never talked about or thought about again. And, and then once a year we pull it out.
and flash it around and say, this is our vision, but it never has any real impact on us. So God, I pray that you would work and be pleased. I believe you are. That you've given this vision to us, to our leadership council, and out to the whole church. That, that you, Holy Spirit, would inspire us. That, that you would let it seep deeply into us. And so that we might live in it and through it, we pray now. In the name of Jesus, together. Amen.